Hi, everyone. I'm Charlie Boyd, and welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin today's content, I wanted just to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. So, on the one hand, this is a simple story about a great king. We got King David who, as the recipient of God's grace, shows grace to someone who is completely undeserving. But remember what I said when we began. I said that this little story is meant to be kind of like a window to help us understand the Bible's big story of redemption more accurately and more fully. And we see this clearly in one little phrase tucked away in verse 3. When David asked Ziba, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to him. Not just kindness, but God's kind of kindness. The Hebrew word is chesed, which means it means unconditional love, like covenant love, the kind of gracious, unearned, undeserved love that God has shown to David and that he's shown to us. Chesed is God's grace showered on people who do not deserve it, can't earn it, and can never repay it. Repay it. That's God's grace. That is chesed. And it, in, in this story, this story is an incredible picture of the redemptive love and grace of Jesus shown to you and to me. I mean, Think, who among us having been brought into the throne room by grace through faith, who among us would ever stand in the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords because of some good thing we did or because of some bad things we didn't do? No, 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 we, we know. No, we, none of us would stand before the King of kings thinking that we are there because we did something good or didn't do things that were bad to earn or deserve his favor. No way could we ever earn or deserve God's love. And we know that, right? So think about this. This room right here is full of Mephibosheths. We're all Mephibosheth. We were poor, lost, crippled by sin, enemies of God, and what did God do? Well, first of all, remember in this story, the king took the initiative. The king did the seeking, and the same is true with us. God took the initiative to draw us to himself. None of us in this room would be here today if God had not first acted on us by grace. And he invites us to come just as we are. We come to him broken. We come hobbling to him out of fear and guilt. We come as sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore, as the old hymn says, and we come to him on the basis of one thing and one thing only. We come by grace alone. We come only because of God's love calling us to himself, and that is something we must never forget, that what we have 
We have what we have not because of our achievements, not because of how good we are, but simply because God rescued us by his life-transforming grace. Now, think of the great grace-based doctrines of that rescue. Let me just point out a couple of them. Atonement, God paid the debt of our sin. Salvation, God delivers us from judgment. Justification, God declares us righteous. Redemption, God bought us and freed us from the enslavement to sin. Reconciliation, God restores us to a right relationship with himself. Every single one of those great doctrines of our faith flows out of the grace of God because it is God who takes the initiative, it is God who calls us to himself, it is God who sets us at his banquet table and we experience his kindness every single day of our life because we have a grace that's greater than all of our sin. So do you see how your story parallels Mephibosheth's story? Okay, so what else did God do? It's so good, second. Out of the goodness of God's heart because of Jesus, he has showered his faithful love and grace upon us. He has showered his faithful love and grace upon us in such a way that he says to us, if you were here last week, Jason just, it was, this was so good. He, he showers his love and grace on us. It's as if God is to say, you have, you're going to have issues, but I'm going to be committed. You will mess up, God, but God says, I am committed. You will sin, God says, I am committed. And sometimes you will not be committed. And God says, I'm still committed. That's grace. That's grace. Like David with Mephibosheth, God has showered his faithful love and grace upon you. That's not all. What has he done? He's made you rich. By grace, he's taken you from moral, spiritual, functional poverty to riches. I love what Paul says in Ephesians chapter one. He says, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's verse three. Then down in verse seven in chapter one, he says, in Christ, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us in Christ Jesus. And then in Ephesians 2, 7, Paul says that in the ages to come, God will show us his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter three, Paul says he's been tasked with sharing the unfathomable riches of Christ. And I love what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter one, where he says God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now how's that for riches? God has given us everything, 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 everything we need in Christ. And that's not all. What else has he done? He's made us his children. He makes us his sons and daughters. How did the apostle John put it in chapter, John chapter one? He said, you are the children of God and that is what you are, not because of your natural birth, not because of position or prominence or wealth or achievement, that you are who you are and what you are simply as a child of God because of his sovereign grace. I am who I am 
and I am where I am because God rescued me from the domain of darkness and by his grace he made me a citizen in the kingdom of life. Like Mephibosheth, I am a child of the king and so are you. Yes, we've been showered with grace. We've been given spiritual riches beyond our wildest dreams. We've been made children of the king all because of chesed. God's kindness, God's grace showered on us. So you see, chesed is the link from David to Jesus to us. No question about it. This little story points us to the bigger story of God's redemption in Scripture. But we can't just stop with being grateful for the grace that we've received. We can't just stop and stand in wonder at all that God has done for us. No, there's something basic to grace that all too often we tend to forget. I know I forget it. And if we're getting back to the basics of grace, the next thing that I say is fundamental to rightly understanding grace. Ready for this? We have been graced to show grace. You have been graced to show grace. We have been graced by God to show God's grace to others. The God who graced you wants to grace others through you. God has showered his grace, not just for us, but for the sake of others. And so God did not pour out his grace on you so you could put it up on a shelf and look at it like it's some trophy that you possess. Now, now think about how the New Testament talks about all of this. These are all functions of grace. When we're told, forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Be patient and tenderhearted toward people just as God is patient and tenderhearted toward you. Love others like Christ loves you. And here in this story, grace others the way that you've been graced. You see, we are to learn an approach to relationships that mirror what God did for us when we didn't deserve it. We're to learn an approach to relationships that mirrors what God did for us when we didn't deserve it. We have been graced to show grace. Now, the flip side of that coin is this. A person who has received grace but doesn't show grace doesn't really understand grace. A person who's received it, but doesn't show it, doesn't understand it. Now again, I'm gonna go back to last week, 2 Samuel 7. David had been the recipient of God's extra, extraordinary, extravagant grace. David had wanted to build a house for God, but God said, David, this whole deal is about, not about you giving to me. You're not even worthy to give to me. No, it's about me giving to you. You're not gonna build me a house. I'm gonna build you one. And God says to David, my promise to you is unconditional, which means that, again, even when you and your family fail to keep your promises to me, I'm still gonna keep my promises to you. And David's response to God's amazing grace in 2 Samuel 7 was worship. He sat before the Lord and worshiped. 
in humility and gratitude for the grace that God had showered upon him. In 2 Samuel 9, we see a second response to God's extravagant grace, and the second response is David's desire to show God's kindness and grace to poor Mephibosheth. You see, grace has both a vertical and a horizontal dimension to it. Vertical grace centers on our relationship with God, and it is, of course, it is amazing. It frees us from the demands and condemnation of rule-based religion. It gives us hope. It brings us forgiveness and eternal life, and eternal life is life that starts now in all of its abundance and goes on forever. And horizontal grace centers in on our relationships with people. Listen, it centers on how we relate to people who have hurt us, to people who have offended us, to people who have taken advantage of us, to people we don't particularly like, to people who are not at all like us. Horizontal grace is specifically for people we might even consider to be our enemies. Listen, horizontal grace means nothing if it's not applied in relationships like that. So let's, let's make all this even more basic, kind of like you know the Lombardi, this is a football, and going back to basic. Let's make it as basic as we can. To show grace is to extend God's kindness to people who don't deserve it, can never earn it, and can't repay it. Remember, that's, that's how we define chesed, chesed. To show grace is to extend God's kindness to people who don't deserve it, can never earn it, and cannot repay it. That's what horizontal grace looks like. Okay, so let's run some scenarios. Uh, let's say a family member is particularly troublesome, to say the least. She really gets on your nerves. He always is talking about himself. You just can't stand it to listen to him. She, she manipulates things to her own advantage, and he's overbearing and over-controlling. Now think about, is there some other things that we need to add there for your family? You know, like, the question is, how could your responses to people like that Reflect the idea you have been graced to show grace. Or let's say you work for a boss that's very demanding. She never gives you the credit you deserve. He passed over you, gave the promotion to someone less qualified than you. Whenever you talk to her, she's always finding something to criticize, no matter how good that everything else is. What else about your boss? The question is, what... Would it look like if your response to a boss like that reflected the idea you've been graced to show grace? Or let's say somebody's really hurt you. He said ugly things to you. She's talked bad about you behind your back or she's put you down in front of your friends. He's blown it and you don't know if you can trust him ever again. The question is, what does it look like to respond to somebody like that, to people like that, in a category like those people? What does it look like to respond in a way that reflects you have been shown grace 
to show grace. Let's say you're walking downtown and you encounter a homeless person. Or you see a group of people hanging out and when you look at them, you can tell that their lifestyles, mm, well, they're just wrong according to the way you think. Uh, Or you see a crowd of people protesting something that you have strong opposing views about. Or maybe... Or maybe it's not downtown, but it's someone like one of those categories of people who walk through the back door of our church. The question is, what would it look like to show grace, to show kindness to people who you don't feel deserve it? What would that look like? Now hear me. This is not to say that you don't need boundaries with certain people. This is not to say that you don't need to speak up. This is not to say that in forgiving someone and extending grace to someone, you step right back into the relationship. Yeah, we are to forgive as we have been forgiven, but sometimes reconciliation takes time in order to rebuild trust, and sometimes, sadly, that's not possible. So yeah, absolutely, sometimes the most loving thing we can do is speak the truth to someone and hold them accountable for the things they say and do. But even in those kinds of things, in all these kinds of things, with boundaries and speaking up and walking through the process of rebuilding trust, in all those things, are we not called to speak the truth in love? Are we not called to have conversations that are seasoned with grace. So the question still is, what does it look like to show God's kindness, the kindness that he's shown to you, to someone you feel doesn't deserve it? Let's go flip side again. What does it look like to show grace by extending kindness by rejecting the desire to be bitter and to get even? That right there, boy, if we could get, if the church today could get our minds around what grace actually calls us or how grace calls us to live, there might be a second great grace awakening. Hesed, from God to David to Jesus to us to others. To others. Now hear me, the application to this message is not, you've received grace, now go out there and try harder to show grace this week. Just go out there and try harder. No, that's not, that's, that's not. No, did, David didn't have to try hard to show grace, did he? No, because he was so deeply humbled by the kindness that God had shown him. David said, I want to show God's kindness. I want God's kindness to flow through me. I want the kindness that I've experienced from God to be expressed through me. David wanted to show grace by extending God's kindness to someone who didn't deserve it. You see that? The grace that humbled David motivated him to show grace to others. 
So the question that I've wrestled with this week, and now I'm gonna make you wrestle with it, is has the grace that you have received become the motivation for you to show grace by extending God's kindness to people you don't think deserve it? Has the grace you have received become the motivation for you to show grace by extending God's kindness to people you don't feel deserve it? Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church community, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.